starting recording. So, are you, uh, record? So I have to ask before, before we start, um, kind of, kind of curious, uh, is this, is this multi unbuttoned shirt thing, the standard, uh, attire that you go out in? I, I'm surprised you're missing, you're missing like three buttons. It, it's going down as you were adjusting your screen. I was just like, oh, wow. Okay. Someone's flexing right now. That is not true. That is not true. It's only in clerical situations where I've got to have the collar on. Other than that, I always leave the top button unbuttoned. But I mean, dude, three buttons? Come on, man. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Okay, enlighten me then. <laughs> oh, it's one of those things. Okay. Okay, cool. I get it. I get it. Yeah, whatever. All right. <laughs> oh, my... <laughs> I mean, you could, like, it was getting close to, like, totally un unraveling right now. Now. <laughs> okay. So, so I will agree that the only time that you should have the top button buttoned is if you're wearing a tie. Outside of that, you should always have that. And then I'm also somebody, too, I don't know if this is a weird thing, but basically since I started wearing dress shirts, like 18 years old or older, I've always rolled up my sleeves unless I'm wearing a jacket. Like, I always have it kind of, and you've seen me, too, like, in some of my clerical attire. I always have, you know, kind of the forearms exposed. But I don't know if that's if you just buy short short shirts or if that's something because I have a couple of short shirts, but it comes up to like halfway through the bicep and it's it doesn't look as good as if you have the rolled up sleeves like you're a working man or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, like like what you're wearing right now. Yeah.
right. That is true. I never thought about that. Now, it, does that require a fashion sense, like an understanding of your like self-awareness that extends beyond that's always been something. OK. I'm laughing right now because I've, I've seen I've seen some of your shit on Instagram. It's like not in a million years would I be caught dead wearing some of that stuff because it would look so ridiculous. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Yes. <laughs> Everything's so vanilla. Right. I so I have I don't think that I've ever experienced that dramatic of a shift, but I have noticed kind of the cultural dress between Chicago and New York City. Like there's it, it's subtle but it's distinct and if you're not wearing the right thing, then you do kind of stick out in that way. I never thought about that before. That's so interesting. Yeah. Culture, huh. Right? Yeah. A dress shirt with a rolled up sleeve. Yeah. I fold it over. I fold it over. And so I keep it. Uh, normally it's one, two three typically the cuff yes yeah and so it, it typically is a little bit more just so it doesn't get bunchy i i just want it to seem as though and i have pretty thin shirts too so you can't really notice the bulge but yeah three times over typical <laughs> I think that's the first time anyone has ever said anything that kind about me in fashion. Okay. 
What's the bot? No, I don't. I. That is interesting. I. That's that's some solid advice right there. It it is interesting though because if I'm wearing a tie, typically I'll have a suit jacket with me, and so everything just stays neat and tidy. I don't roll up the sleeves or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I I could see how the, yeah I I don't know. It's just intuitive. I feel like it makes me feel like I'm I'm you know the saying like ready to roll up your sleeves and get to work. I mean, that's, I don't know, that's kind of the attitude that I have for myself. And so, normally, I would say, I mean, even when I was back at Downers Grove uh, seven, eight years ago, uh, as a minister, I would come into work without a tie, top button, unbuttoned, sleeves rolled up, ready to get to work, and that was just, that's been my modus operandi for, since I was in college, I think, is when I started doing that. That took me, uh, you know. Like origami. Yeah. Well, okay, so to be perfectly honest, um, before, because this whole, like, rolling, uh, uh, folding from the cuff thing is probably in the past two or three years, nah, more than that, like four years, uh, before I used to just literally roll it. And I was like, that is the word. (laughs) It's so true. No. Well, dude, I mean, not not to mention that it adds into the the fact that it totally wrinkles the shirt too and it becomes unless you take it to a dry cleaner which i normally don't i'll i will okay and so this is probably another major fashion faux pas uh when i have a wrinkled shirt i'll throw it in the the dryer and the washer or if it's a clean shirt that's gotten wrinkled just by sitting out there i'll throw it in the dryer with a bunch of other clothes and stuff like that to allow the heat to dissipate the wrinkles. And that's kind of my, my cheap man's alternative to going to the dry cleaner. Cause typically it works when I bunched up the, yeah, I don't know. I'm, 
uh, yeah, I, I, I look for the most efficient manner to be able to keep my wardrobe looking relatively professional. It takes so long! Yes! Yes, and I have had moments like that where I will get into this um, ironing, like, mode and just go for literally, like, an hour just going through all the shirts in my closet, anything that I'm going to be wearing in the next couple of weeks, go through, go through, go through. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, it does feel good. It's just, I mean, it's so tedious and it's so precise, too, because you got you to gotta iron it right on the seam of the shirt. Otherwise... Uh, I've made that mistake where it just, it fucks up everything. It looks super off. And I'm just like, I gotta go back and... Yes! Yes! That has happened to me so many times. I've never I've never figured out the, the precise science, but I yeah. No. Right? Man. <laughs> I wish I, I had that skill and expertise. Unfortunately, I have to labor over a shirt for like 15 minutes just to, to get <laughs> good to go. But, so.
I feel I feel so humiliated right now, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you serious? Wait, so they can, wait, it can be salvaged or it can't be salvaged? So, you, you, so, okay, you lost something before. I can't remember. We talked about it on a podcast, like, a month, a couple of months ago. That It was the charge for the AirPods. Okay. Right. Yes. I think so too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but okay, so so both your sunglasses and your AirPods. What can you give a story or are you just sharing that information? <laughs> cool story, brah. So, okay, you you don't strike me as somebody who loses things very often or misplaces things. Uh, you you tend to be very precise when you know where things are and where you left them. I am totally the opposite, and I swear, dude, it, I mean, that was one of the, one of my biggest fears, especially being out 
in New Jersey and doing all these weddings and stuff like that is that I would just have like a satchel full of obviously the ministry stuff, but then I'd also have my tech stuff. So uh, if I needed to, I had my Bluetooth headphones, I had all this stuff. And my biggest fear is that I would open up the bag, take something out, forget to put it back in, and then not remember that I'd done that and then go back home. And so having that in the back of my mind every time that I would do that made it a little easier. And I actually, I'm very proud of myself. The time that I was there, didn't lose anything. But now that I'm back in Chicago for a little bit, suddenly everything's going missing. I'll play something down and just totally forget where it is. I've got my other set of headphones that I normally use when we're recording this podcast. I have no idea where it is. It's somewhere here because I don't really go anywhere. Not anymore. No, we started. I'm just writing down the time. Fucking A. I swear. Because my dog was jumping up on the bed earlier, so that was a noise that I'll... Anyway. Okay, so I'm going to ask what the most valuable thing that you have lost is, and I'm going to share mine. I'm assuming it's the earbuds, but for me, for some reason, so I'd gotten these Oakley sunglasses in college or something like that, they, like running glasses, and I would wear them every time I went out on run when it was sunny out, stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you. Maybe this is a whole different conversation. I like to hide my eyes when I'm exercising. Like, or running, or something like that. I. Privacy? Because I, like, I'm, I'm somebody who has wandering eyes, and so I'm constantly just being aware of my surroundings and my eyes just dart back and forth. Uh, it's subconscious. I just like knowing, especially if I'm running where everything is. And so that always gave me this sense of security that if I was passing somebody and I was just like, you know, just keeping an eye on them as I was running by them, that they wouldn't see that I was like staring at them. So I don't know. It gave that, that sort of comfort. And then that's also the thing too. Yes, that is so true. Oh my God. Well, yeah, and I remember, what was it? I can't remember if it was my wedding or something like that where Bill left his wallet in a cab or something like that. I forget what that was, where there was this whole, like, shindig of trying to tr track down. Can't, I can't remember the exact details of it. But, so, for Lost and Found, I mean, these sunglasses, I 
had just gotten back from a run, and I can't remember what I did with them, and they just disappeared. And they're they're gone into the ether, you know, kind of like socks are behind the washer. And I'm wondering, on the flip side of that, what's something that you thought was totally lost that you ended up finding? Because I think it's these exact headphones that I'm using right now. Like, two or three years ago, I was uh, taking the dog out to, you know, do his business or something like that, and I... I had taken my headphones off and they end up falling on the grass. And then maybe two weeks later, my, uh, one of my parents was out in the yard. They were like, uh, oh, these are headphones and then brought them in. Otherwise, I mean, if we had done the lawn or anything like that, it was during winter. So it was like a little colder. But if we had if we had done anything, it would have been lost for good. I was like, oh, that's so nice. And they still work to this day. So that's... Uh, I don't know if you've had any experience like that where what was once lost is now found. Yeah. See, I, 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 I spend most of my life searching for things, it feels like. <laughs> I mean, I'll just put something down, and it's like, okay, so I'm going to retrace my steps. Here's where I was for the last 24 hours. Here are all the locations that I visited. Let's go back. Let's find it. I would say I'm probably about 70% successful in tracking down those things that end up just getting lost in the muddle. I know. Kind of. And I... What is that? Okay. Like, like,
Right. Yeah. Yes. So what's the what's the level of improvement you feel like with the the new upgrades or the more refined Okay. <laughs> You haven't got it yet. Wow. Okay, um, give me one second. Uh, I'm recording right now. You didn't tell me that. Uh, no, I'm telling you right now, though. Thank oh. you. So, okay, just long story short, they're, they're doing, like, some fucking shit in the kitchen right now. Like, I'm, I'm gonna have to do the drywall tomorrow, and so they're screwing and unscrewing, and they're, like, talking super loud, like, right in the hallway, and so everything is getting picked up on my iPhone right now. Just, like, this is, this is the fourth, uh, time marker that I have right now, where it's just, like, there's just noise everywhere, whether it's my dog, whether it's the screwdriver, whether it's my mom coming down talking really loud. It's just, like, fuck! Anyway... Well, I mean, and, and having a nice space too, <laughs> like not have noisy neighbors. Cause I feel, I feel like if someone was like pounding music, you know, in one of the apartments periphery, you'd probably be a little more irritated. It's like, this isn't working. This isn't working anyway. No, I know. Um, my phone is picking up everything though. And so you, you'll, you'll, you'll hear like the screwdriver in the back. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, sorry, we were, you were on the thing of, um, your skates.
<laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it was it, it was basically because of this guy and how knowledgeable he was. Was that was that the 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 seminal point? So the 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 only thing that I can have to compare to that, first of all, yes, I have had those shoes where the moment that I put them on, it's like, oh, these are great shoes. But I'm not an expert in shoes. I'm not like an aficionado or stuff like that. I just think to uh, drywalling, for example, I mean, <laughs> something that I'm going to be doing for my parents um, probably in the next day or so is uh, repairing drywall. And the thing that I learned is that when you come across an expert who knows everything that there is to know, they can do something and just make it magical because there were so many people who uh, we, we ended up working with that were like, this crack has been here forever. We've had people come in, tape it up before, do stuff like that. It just keeps coming back. We we don't know what to do. Da, da, da. And what we would end up doing is fixing it totally. But that was because of the experience of somebody who was an expert, who was not a self-promoter, and it was just through word of mouth, oh my goodness, you know, they repaired this crack, and it didn't come back for the next 20 years. I didn't think that that was possible, and now it's possible. Dude, the experience of an expert is just so valuable. That's the, that's the other thing, too! Yes, totally! Completely.
Yes. <laughs> Dude, I honestly though, I feel like that was only possible because of your your own passion and expertise in the area because you probably wouldn't have found this person beforehand where suddenly revelation. Oh my goodness, this person actually exists. It's perfect harmony. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> have you have you ever thought about kind of on a tangential note? doing like a short or something like that on I don't know if if Instagram has shorts now but like everyone's doing these short things if you've ever thought about Because I've I've seen I've seen a couple of the Instagrams of you. Um, I I don't I don't know what you you call like slang terminology for you just skating really well, like in the middle of a street or something like that. That I've seen is there is there where it's not like grinding the grinding the pavement or something like that. <laughs> you're you're just vibing. and Someone's taking a video of you and it's on your Instagram. Like, is there? <laughs> I don't know if there's a term for that. <laughs> and <laughs> okay well and part of the reason why I asked too is because so we're we're working on uh, some of the church digital media right now. Me and brother Zachary, now Deacon Zachary, uh, finally got uh, ordained to his, his diaconate, and we're talking about trying to reach people on social media and 
all the the audiovisual platforms that are out there. And I know that shorts, I mean, it started off with, I forget who started off with the shorts of just with uh, TikTok, I think was the, the first one who kind of led that charge. And then I think Facebook picked that up and now YouTube's picked it up. I get, apparently Instagram has it too. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so. Right. And so now YouTube and Facebook, Instagram, whatever, like now they, you know, it's like the 60 second mark, anything 60 seconds or less included in a short. I just like, this is, is just so, I mean, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. It's just super unfamiliar to me. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's a whole new world where it's like, I should probably be aware of this if I'm going to be doing like digital media stuff, but. just seems so narcissistic to me that's yeah no i know <laughs> yeah Yeah, uh, yes, yes, and part... I, I don't know, I... Right. And so par part of the reason why that question was sparked was uh, I, for the first time ended up doing a, a promo video for the, the church, um, going back to in-person services. It's like, oh my God, I totally forgot how much I really enjoyed doing that stuff. I mean, it was a lot of work and the payoff was minimal, if anything, but I loved doing that stuff. But I also hated the social media interaction because it's not just about posting something. It's also about like being responsive to the people who like comment on whatever it is that you're putting out there. It's like,
Right. Well, and so for me, when it comes to, because I don't know, I mean, I feel like everyone has that sort of sense on social media these days, whether it's Facebook posting or whether it's, you know, putting something on Twitter. A lot of people just want to get their thoughts out there and don't care what other people think or just want to. Okay, so that's that. Right. Dude, I I 100% agree, man. That that is so true. And then I mean, so for me, it it's interesting because when it comes to like social media stuff, I like I'm not somebody who wants to who likes to keep my private life private and likes to keep kind of what I do within the family if that makes sense. And I think part of it, putting it out on social media where anybody can see it, there's great potential. I mean, with Father Joe doing Jersey Shore and stuff like that, I mean, the amount of attention and attraction that goes to that. But for me, that is kind of a double-edged sword because, yeah, you may get engagement, but you're also going to get a lot of fucking crazy people who just want to stir trouble up or don't really understand what you're saying or want to create a controversy and stuff like that. So I think, I think for me, it, it's a lot more fear than anything else of becoming a face of anything or voicing my opinion online because, yeah, it may reach people, but is it worth the pain and suffering of dealing with the, the insane crowd? But I mean, dude, when it comes down to it, though, you can't reason with the insane. It, it It's... Right. But it's a hive mind on the internet, my friend. It's a hive mind where you, you post something out that's... No, but I'm saying people who engage with your post... Right. No, and that that doesn't bother me. It's just it, it's just too emotionally exhausting. I mean, just to to wade through some of the negative things that go on, but yeah. Neither here nor there. Of course, that's my personality though. You know that. cannot tell it looks like four four circular objects wrapped in a plastic shell like batteries they look like batteries they they are batteries okay
I'm not even going to answer that question. No, no. One of the, like, the little portable Digimon keychain, the keychain? The thing that I haven't seen for, like, 15 years? Are you kidding me? Dude, send one to me. I would totally do that. I, mail it. Mail it, man. Bro. Uh, okay, so actually, so what? No, no, no. Actually, that transitions into. Uh, I had like five topics written down, and I we haven't gotten to any of them. But one of them happened to be. Uh, so, I'm curious about you. So, for me, and I feel like you're the same way. N64 is the pinnacle of a pleasant gaming experience, like. You, I I don't know what your thoughts are. Yes, no, maybe. Okay, 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 okay. That that is true. That is true. But you think you think to some of the the most I don't know equitable and equal type of playing experiences. It's like it's Super Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, Legend of Zelda, um, um, even like uh, the Pokemon game or whatever the hell that was called. The Go Golden Eye. I mean all. Yes. Click, yep. It was an equal playing field. And so I had this strong, like, super attachment to uh, Mario Kart on N64. And so my brother, uh, uh, while I was gone, ended up, now that I'm back, ended up getting a uh, Nintendo Switch. I don't know if you've ever interacted with the Nintendo Switch before. <laughs> so... So, what he has done is that he has transformed, because apparently the Switch can be plugged into a port that connects to the computer, 
And so suddenly it becomes a gaming system in the same way that like an N64 console does. And I, for the longest time, I mean, him and I would do N64 uh, every time that I was in town. We'd play rounds and rounds. And he finally introduced me to the new Mario Kart on the Nintendo Switch that he got controllers for. So it's not it's not the like little Switch con- uh, gauges and stuff like that. And even with those like Switch controllers, now he bought a controller that he can just plug them into. And so it becomes a normal gaming controller. It is the wildest thing. I was so resistant to doing that. Like, this is so... I mean, all of my muscle memory when it comes to something like Mario Kart on N64 just kept going, going, going. Like, I knew how to, like, uh, drift. I knew how to get the prizes. I knew, you know, all these different things. It's like, just try it. Just try it. And so the first first couple of times, I was like, this is so stupid. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? And so over the course of the past couple of weeks now, we've been playing uh, on the weekends probably about, I don't know, something like 20-something races, so like five different um, Grand Prix-type things. And now I'm like, this is so much more enjoyable than it was the N64. It took me so long to get there, though, dude. yes no that is so true and that's like that was the thing he's like no there's just you know you can hook it up you can sync actual controllers and stuff like that it's like okay i'm gonna trust you i'm gonna go through it blah 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 and now for me when it's like hey you want to play mario kart i just assume it's going to be the nintendo switch thing and i have become comfortable with that which is something that i never thought i never thought that i would abandon n64 mario kart um and here i am playing nintendo switch mario kart (laughs) me neither well i do but we're at the end time so we'll save it for next time until next time